I calculate that's the end of this town. Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. Thank you so much for listening. I don't have much in the way of announcements this week, so let's get straight to the topic. Imagine a city telling you that you're not allowed to live there anymore, and nobody is allowed to live there anymore. An entire city condemned. This week's topic comes to us from Mike. Hey, Michael. It's Mike from Kokomo, Indiana. I just learned about Centralia, Pennsylvania, and it sounds like something that would work really well for your show. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, this is a place I've heard about. I've looked at it many times on Google Maps. It fascinates me. I've always wanted to visit there just to take photos. I spent the week learning about it, so here it is. Sometimes cities just disappear. And throughout history, we've seen it happen for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes the industry that built the city dies and we're left with the skeleton of a mining town or a closed auto plant. Or maybe you built your city next to Mount Vesuvius and in 79 AD, your entire population was buried by volcanic ash. Towns that have been buried by water are so common, they even have a subgenre of crime novels called Reservoir Noir. In Famagusta, Cyprus, the whole town was forced to evacuate in 1974 because of the Turkish invasion, and the city has just remained a ghost town for almost 50 years. The same could be said for Pripyat, Ukraine, a city that hasn't seen inhabitants since the nearby Chernobyl power plant experienced a nuclear meltdown in 1986. Like many of these abandoned cities and towns, the story of Centralia, Pennsylvania is a story of a once thriving community that has completely disappeared. It was settled in 1841 as the town of Bullshead, but when anthracite coal was discovered, the town was purchased by the Locust Mountain Iron and Coal Company and renamed to Centralia in 1865. The mining engineer Alexander Ray laid out the streets and lots that you can still see from Google Maps today. They began mining the coal and a railroad line was built to transport the coal out of the borough. In that decade, five coal mines were opened around the town and the population started growing, as did the crime. Alexander Ray was murdered by an Irish gang called the Molly Maguires in 1868. This was followed by years of violence by the group which was fighting for the rights of coal miners against what they saw as oppressive employers taking advantage of its workers. Three of the Molly Maguire members were found guilty of the murder and hanged. Violence between the immigrant workers and the mine's proprietors continued for decades. By 1890, the town of Centralia had grown to a population of just under 3,000 residents. It had five hotels, seven churches, and dozens of stores and businesses. Today, the population is five, not 5,000, five residents. That's because for more than 50 years, the earth below Centralia, Pennsylvania has been on fire. I'll tell you more after a quick break. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. 
A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com, that's F-A-T-C-O.com, and get 10% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. This is a new partner I'm really excited about. It's actually a special event coming up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but you can attend from anywhere because it's being held virtually as well. We all know someone who serves with or volunteers for a great cause. You may even be involved in a nonprofit yourself. Well, whether you already work with a nonprofit organization or you want to do more of that in the future, join us this year at Cause Camp. Cause Camp is a gathering of nonprofit organizations and top thought leaders from the cause sector. Get this. Forbes has named Cause Camp one of the must-attend events for nonprofit professionals. Join them in person in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or virtually on May 2nd and 3rd and help cause the change. You can register today by going to Cause Camp online. That address is cause.camp, C-A-U-S-E dot C-A-M-P. I've also put the link in the show notes. When the pandemic hit, I decided to create a weekly talk show online called Joke Story Trick Live. It started small but ended up huge with 45 live episodes, celebrity guests like U.S. Congressman Mark Pocan, comedy writer Bruce Valanche, and actor Larry Hankin. I've put them all on my Patreon for you to watch whenever you'd like, and the best part is they're available at all levels of membership. That means whether you're paying $10 a month or $1 a month, they're all there for you to watch. Not only that, but by joining, you can watch each week's guest interview of this podcast. I take the video from the raw Zoom call with no edits, and I just put it up there every week. You can join now starting at a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Just type in patreon.com slash Michael Kent, my name. I can't wait to see you there. It's been getting colder lately, so it's been time to wear my favorite fleece jacket. It's made by Scotty Vest, and I love it because it's got a pocket for everything. It's perfect for traveling around and holding all my stuff. And when I say it's got a pocket for everything, I don't just mean it has a lot of pockets for no reason. Every pocket has its own functionality. Like there's one for my sunglasses that has a built-in lens cloth, and there's a pocket for my phone that has a clear plastic window on the inside, and there's a pocket for a wallet or passport that has RFID blocking technology. I'm not really sure what that is, but I think it's important for, like, passports. Anyway, Scotty Vest is a clothing company I believe in, and I'm confident they've got something that you'll love. The best thing you can do is take a look at all the awesome pocket-packed apparel on their website. I talked to the founder of the company a couple weeks ago. He's the Scott in Scotty Vest, and we've arranged for you to get a special percentage off your order. To get that, go to my website, theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals, uh, or just go to the website, click the deals link. I've also put that link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to our story. In the late 1950s and early 1960s, the borough of Centralia, Pennsylvania had a population of almost 2,000 residents. While the main five mines that powered the town had long been shut down, lots of bootleg mining, strip mining, and open pit mining was happening in the region. The town was functioning as any normal eastern Pennsylvania community. But then the Centralia City Council decided to clean up for its Memorial Day celebration. The plan was to do what they had done in previous years, have the volunteer fire department burn the trash in the nearby trash pit. Well, in 1962, that trash pit had been relocated 
to an abandoned strip mining pit near the city's small cemetery. Like previous years, the firefighters started the controlled burn of trash and let it burn. But there was a problem. Exposed veins from the anthracite coal mines below were slowly ignited by the fire above. This started a fire in those coal mines deep below the town. There was supposed to be a layer of clay between each layer of the landfill, but the city had fallen behind schedule so that wasn't completed. The hot coals from the burning trash made contact with those coal veins. The fire underground burned slowly, almost too slowly to notice. Citizens of the town argued for years whether or not the fire underground even existed. Some people said it was a myth. Others argued about how exactly the fire started. Some said it was a fire that was slowly burning underground as far back as 1932 and it just took that long to extend to that landfill area. But by 1979, there was no question that the fire was burning. A local gas station owner was checking the fluid level of one of his underground tanks and he noticed that the dipstick came out steaming hot. It turned out the temperature of his gasoline was 172 degrees Fahrenheit. Two years after that, a 12-year-old boy had to be rescued from a sinkhole that had opened up in his backyard. If falling into the sinkhole wasn't bad enough, it was billowing steam and lethal levels of carbon monoxide. Holes and cracks began opening in roads, producing columns of dangerous smoke and fumes, including State Route 61, which runs through the town. An entire section of the road was shut down and rerouted. Despite the horrible conditions below the town, some residents living in the homes above fought to stay. In 1982, $42 million was allocated by Congress to help the citizens of Centralia move. Most of the citizens took the money and moved out. 500 structures were demolished. 63 residents were holdouts and insisted on staying. A decade later, Governor Bob Casey declared the town condemned. He invoked eminent domain on the town. The Postal Service removed the town's zip code. By 2010, only five homes remained. The town has been almost completely wiped out. Experts say the fire may continue to burn for another 250 years. If you look at Centralia, Pennsylvania on Google Maps, you'll see what the town used to be. You'll see the neatly laid out streets. The main intersection of town at Locust Avenue and Center Street is now overgrown with weeds and trees. There are only a few homes left. Over the years, the part of State Route 61 that was shut down became known as Graffiti Highway as tourists would come into the unsafe area filled with toxic gas to paint their initials and take pictures of the smoking cracks in the road. But even that's been covered up now. Volunteers came in in 2021 to plant 250 trees in an effort to help return the area to a habitable place for wildlife. There's hardly anything left of Centralia. But there's one church still standing. It's a Ukrainian church that's built on top of solid rock, not coal mine. It's still holding services every Sunday, and many of the town's former residents drive in to attend church, worship, and get together. They talk about the town and what it used to be, a town that just disappeared. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, and today I'm calling Scott Neary. Scott is an entertainer in Los Angeles who is often called to MC big events. He does one of the craziest things I've ever seen with pancakes, 
and a frying pan, and you're just going to have to watch the video online of him doing that. He's also the creator of the show Booby Trap in Los Angeles, which is a very highly regarded live variety show and LA's number one show on TripAdvisor. Pretty incredible. What's going on, Scott? Good to see you. I uh, Man, it's great to see you in this small form. Yeah, it's it's been a learning experience as many of us, you know, have had this learning experience where now most of what I do is down here. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I, I thought that stuff was going to get back to normal, but now we've got virtual stuff again. So I've got two virtual shows down here this week. Um, but Dude, you're uh, killing it. thank you. Thank you're you so, so much. much to the world. I love I, it. I'm tr- just trying to keep content going uh, because it's not only is it is it nice to be able to create content for other people, but it's keeping me sane, I think, which is good to keep moving forward. Yeah. And, and I enjoy writing the podcast every week, too, because it's a nice uh, it's a nice way to keep my brain healthy. It's like doing a book report every week. I tell people so. <laughs> <laughs> and and this one is is no exception. Now, how are you? How's the family? Oh, it's awesome. We have a little baby toddler person called Arlo. Yeah. And he is like he everything that he says sounds like a cuss word. He's because <laughs> he says like single syllables. So yeah. it's just like vacuum just becomes uh the f word yeah <laughs> and shirt doesn't have an r in it that's amazing and yeah he says a bunch of words but they're all the same the same five words that's fantastic he ends up being like the dad <laughs> in the christmas story where he just yells syllables yeah. <laughs> or, or or uh is it it's and he's hair- asking for a cookie the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah he just wants a cookie to- <laughs> why is he mad he just wants a cookie so funny well, uh, this week's topic is uh, it's, it's kind of a sad story, but it's also very interesting. Um, and for the first question, we're playing for a joke. So if you get the question right, I have to tell you a joke. If you get it wrong, you'll tell me one. Fair? Okay. Good deal. Right. Here's the question. And these are, these are all multiple choice, Scott. So don't worry about, you know, if you don't know the answer. We've, they're all A, B, and C. So the town okay. of Centralia, Pennsylvania is known for what unusual feature? A, it's a ghost town due to a 60-year-old underground mine fire. B, the town's mayor is a guinea pig named Mr. Chester. Or C, its local high school mascot is the Centralia Centralians. Um, like you, I'm uh, Ohio. You're, you're an Ohioan. Yeah, I'm an Ohio. I'm originally an Ohioan, so I'm pretty familiar with Pennsylvania. The um, there is mining, but it's not a very good mining state compared to like some of our favorites. You know, <laughs> uh, New Jersey. I don't know what <laughs> West Virginia. I guess <laughs> is what I think I of. I don't. West Virginia is a really good mining place. Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pennsylvania is. Um, I don't think it's mining because of that. And um, everybody there is like aged way beyond. So there are very few miners, Um, just the weather and stuff. It really ages you. So how long am I supposed to take answering these questions? (laughs) One hour is one One, hour. One hour is generally what I schedule for each, each (laughs) question. It's a, you got to hang in there for this podcast, long podcast. (laughs) I'm going with uh, the road and, the rodent, the town's mayor is a guinea pig named Mr. Chester. Yes. Believe it or not, Scott, the answer is A, it's a ghost town due to a 60-year-old underground mine fire. At its height, it was just under 3,000 people lived there, and now there are five. Five holdouts 
But if you look at Centralia PA on Google Maps and turn on the satellite view, you will see the street layouts of this town. And there are cracks in the streets and literally smoke billows through these cracks. It's somewhere I've always wanted to go to, but I've never been able to uh, be, be anywhere near there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's a ghost town. It's, it just killed the town because the fire is still burning today. And they say will burn for another probably 250 years. Jeez, I've heard of these underground fires before. The can we talk about ghosts real quick? <laughs> yes, please. Let's talk People about ghosts. You you must be interested in this, like the the mysticism of magic and stuff like that. Yeah. It must be kind of interesting to you to see the audience or the like both perspectives on ghosts. Yeah, and um and. It's interesting to me too. Like people are terrified of ghosts, but the reports of ghosts, what happens with ghosts is like, I heard a bell in the other room yeah. or like I hear footsteps in the hall sometimes. Yeah. Why are ghosts That's so subtle? What, what's, what's wrong with that? That's just having neighbors. Yeah. No, I agree. I or agree. Or a roommate or something. Yeah. Like it doesn't, they don't do anything. They turn off the lights. <laughs> Why are you terrified of that? Well, you know, I think that that probably popular culture and, and scary movies have made us think that the ghosts are going to be somewhat more um, devilish than they are, than they really are. But I don't believe, yeah. I, I, I would love to believe in ghosts, but I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. I don't believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghost towns. I believe that that's a thing. And ghost ships, think- I'm not, I'm, I'm on the fence on. <laughs> so uh, I, about, have to, yeah. I, I have to tell you a joke, Scott. Yeah. Did you hear about the math? No, wait, I have to tell the joke, right? Oh, no, I, no, you're right. You have to tell the joke. I almost told you I a failed. joke and I didn't need to. I bought, I bought this box of pilgrims and it said on the package, contents may settle after shipping. <laughs> That's a really good joke. I wasn't expecting <laughs> your joke to be so good. Generally, the, the, the first question jokes are like joke book jokes, but that's a really good joke. I wrote that one. That's really funny. Uh, that's, that's very funny. Well, you're 0 for 1. Let's move on to question 2. For this question, we're playing for a story about something embarrassing that's happened to us while performing. So if you get it right, I'll tell you one of mine. If you get it wrong, you'll tell me one. In 2006, a horror film and video game series was set in a fictional town that was based on Centralia, PA, and it's undergoing mine fire story. What was the horror film? Was it A? The Human Centipede, B, The Hills Have Eyes, or C, Silent Hill? Actually, no, this is one of those, um, this question is one of those, one of those answers is correct. This is um, true. So I'm going with The Hills Have Eyes. The answer is C, Silent Hill. Uh, the writer, yes. Roger Avery, heard many stories about Centralia while growing up. Since his father was a mine engineer, the town's sinkholes, long-burning mine fire, and fog would all make their way into his adaptation of the video game series. The parallels between the villages of Centralia and Silent Hill are easily visible in the film, apparently. Silent Hill is uh, located in a coal region of West Virginia, but uh, Centralia was obviously in Pennsylvania. Um, other than that... Oh, I found this out today about Centralia. Have you ever seen the, do you remember the movie Nothing But Trouble? Do you remember that with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd and and John Candy? This is worth going back and watching. It's a crazy weird film. But apparently the town in that film is called Vulcanvania, was based on Centralia, Pennsylvania. I didn't know this. 
Uh, and I'm going to go back. I, I found it. It's on Amazon Prime, but you have to you have to pay for it. You have to rent it or whatever. But I saw it as a kid. It's a weird movie. Uh, it's worth watching. It's worth watching. Centralia has uh, gotten some time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a really crazy, weird story. I mean, it's a sad story. You know, there were a bunch of people that wanted to live there. I don't see any deaths that were uh, correlated to the story of Centralia. So it's not, you know, that type of tragic. But these people yeah. didn't want to leave. And, you know, the underground caught on fire. What are you going to do? Wow. So, My new goal in this in this podcast is to get the answers wrong because then I get to do you get to perform. Things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. OK, well, in that vein, uh, do you have a, an embarrassing or funny story, something that's happened to you? OK, so um, I I here's the here was a very embarrassing thing, but it's like, oh, maybe different from what you might expect from this kind of story. Um, I performed when I'm. I met Frank Olivier, who's an amazing comedy juggler and yeah. magician. Um, I met him in Nashville when he was working on a show about there. He encouraged me to go perform, but I needed to save up money before I felt like I was ready to go be on the street. So I moved to Kentucky, a small town in Kentucky where my friend lived. And I started doing working there, just doing uh, maintenance and building pole buildings and working in a wood shop and stuff. And um, while I was saving money, I lived in this little thing. I had a VCR and a TV, but I only had one VHS tape and that was Frank Olivier's show. So every night I would watch his show a year later when I started, when I went on the street, I started performing and it sucked. I was bombing all the time. So I, um, little by little, I started putting in the things that I knew worked, which were jokes and tricks from Frank Olivier. Oh, right. I spent three months performing on this or like four, four months performing on the street and integrating these. I couldn't do his, his act was amazing and his skills were incredible, but I could, I still put in things from his act. And then in, when I got to San Francisco and performed, he came out and saw one of my street shows and he said, great job, but that's my show. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I think it's I think you're ready to start doing your own thing wow and I was like I didn't even feel it happening it was the frog boiling I didn't know that it was happening and um I ditched all of this stuff worked on my own thing I had all these different ideas and different things that I'd tried and put them all together into a new show and that's how I that's when I started doing the pancake flipping thing yeah um, and but I still have like some things that I feel are his pacing and his stuff. But that was like, yeah, extremely well, embarrassing. You know, that's I, I appreciate your candor and your vulnerability of telling the story. And, and I have a similar story. Probably a lot of entertainers do um, where it was years before I realized this thing that I loved in my show really wasn't mine. And uh, it was the frog boiling is exactly what it was, because I had I had sort of put it in without even realizing that that's where it was. But when you get to things like pacing and rhythm and speech patterns now for the most part that's sort of influence rather than stealing you know um those those yeah. little details and you pick those from all the different entertainers all over that are in your head and um and that sort of is what builds every entertainer uh so True. that's that's a great story and and uh, i love hearing those sort of learning stories like that now, for question three, Scott, we're playing for the Internet Says It's True sticker. These are three inches square and they're sticky on the back. That's how they work. 
um, and they're very hard to what's, come by. What's the penalty if I don't get it? You don't get a sticker. <laughs> it's okay, either, so I have to decide whether I want a sticker. No, the, the default position is that you want the sticker. <laughs> and and the, the question determines whether or not you get the sticker. Centralia, Pennsylvania is not the only currently burning mine fire in the state. How many mine fires are currently burning in Pennsylvania? So this one's multiple choice, obviously. Uh, there's no way any, anyone would know this. It's going to be a guess. How many mine fires are currently burning in Pennsylvania? A, 60, B, 10, or C, 38? I want to just like say, I really relate to these mine fires. <laughs> like it's a, it's a thing you can't put out, right? There's no way to fight the fire. Right. It's it's just there, you know. It's there, and it's burning slowly forever, and it's a little bit of like, it's a little bit of suffering, and you just you just try to cover up the cracks and make the gas somehow inspire a movie. You have made this so sad. It was well, it was never a happy story, Scott. But it's now I've now I'm where everyone's reflecting on their life and their own underground mind fire. Like I want everybody at home to think about what what's seeping out of you right now and how can you change it into something that inspires a video game. And do something. you need to go to the doctor? <laughs> so, I'm going to say the 38 one. See? You are correct. The answer is 38. Ding, ding, ding. Oh you gosh. win. Uh, yeah, so I will mail you a sticker. A uh, the internet says it's true sticker. You have uh, you're one for three. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, everybody. Pennsylvania sounds like a terrible place that's just burning. No, <laughs> not the whole state. There are good parts. It is. Yeah, there's a, the border where you leave on either great. side. Yeah, you know you got Pits, <laughs> P- Pittsburgh on one side, Philadelphia on the other, and oh, uh, those are pretty fun towns. Yeah, James Carville, a very famous political pundit, once described Pennsylvania as Pittsburgh on one side, Philadelphia on the other, and Alabama in the middle. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. I had a good time in Jim Thorpe. I don't. I've never. Is that a city? Yeah, it's, it's just a, a city named after a guy with both names. Yeah, you might want to look up that guy. He's an insanely incredible guy, like a Native American who was an Olympian. Ooh. And, um, this is great. This might yeah. be a good a good episode in the future. But the the town is really cute, and I had fun with my family there. That's great. That's awesome. So um, the the next question. This is question four. We're gonna play for a Facebook profile photo. So if you get it wrong, you'll have to change your profile photo to a picture of you as a child for one day. Do you have that? If not, maybe just a fun yeah. weird photo. But publicly, I try to promote myself as an immortal. As an adult, as an immortal, you've been the same age forever. I've before photos. I've been since before photos. I was an old, always an adult. In that case, you can change your photo to a drawing uh, for a day. (laughs) If you get it right, I'll do the same. I'll change my Facebook photo to a photo of me as a child for a day. Okay. This is a question about Pennsylvania, but it has nothing to do with Centralia. I'm gonna just list three things Hmm. to do in Pennsylvania. And you have to guess which one has the highest attendance per day. Okay, so these are three things. If it's not about Centralia, I'm not going to know it. I know. You've been studying hard on Centralia (laughs) for the last 20 minutes. Okay, so A, the Liberty Bell. This is per day. A, the Liberty Bell. B, 
Pugsatawney, Pennsylvania on Groundhog Day. That's where they do the groundhog thing. And C, yeah. Hershey Park, which is a, a theme park, you know, themed on chocolate. Um, never heard of any of these places, um, but... <laughs> <clears throat> yes, you have. <laughs> you have heard of all of these places. I'm going to say the Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell. The answer is Punxsutawney on Groundhog Day, believe it or not. Uh, the Liberty Bell sees a million people per year, which is two to 3,000 per day. Uh, Hershey Park sees 3 million people a year, six to 8,000 per day. Punxsutawney on Groundhog Day, one day, 10 to 20,000 people in that tiny little town. Wow. Uh, attend that uh, the Groundhog Day celebration. Well, that's after Groundhog the... Day is my favorite um, movie in the world. Oh, it's a and it's it, it's an amazing movie. It's an accurate depiction. Now I know. Yeah, yeah, and and that movie is really what boosted this. They think so. It didn't used to have ten to twenty thousand visitors on Groundhog Day. The movie came out, and then everyone was like, "Oh, they do a whole festival about this," and then people started flocking to the town. Uh, yeah, absolutely amazing movie. Um, one of my favorites as well. And culturally significant. There's a, there's a good message in the movie. And Bill Murray's yeah. great, obviously, in it. So uh, you got that one wrong, which means for one day, uh, Facebook photo change. Whatever you want. Just something, you know, either if you don't have a childhood photo that you can put up, maybe a drawing. Whatever you've got. I do. I'll do it for you. I'll put a picture of us hanging out together as kids. Okay, perfect. Yeah, the, like maybe in, in a past life I knew you because you're immortal. <laughs> I have Photoshop. I'll, okay. I'll make it happen. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so we've come to uh, question five. You are currently one for four. This question is for all the marbles. If you get this one wrong, I'm banning you from this podcast, never to be asked on again. Uh, this is your question. You've coached many entertainers in the last few years. What is the best piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to be successful? Not just entertainers, but anyone setting out on their own path. I have multiple choice. No multiple choice on this one. This one's open. <laughs> okay. I, I was really into productivity. Like I would, I would read like every productivity book and all this different stuff. And try to figure out, try to learn all this. So that at one point I had to just claim it as a hobby because it wasn't making me more productive. It was taking <laughs> up a lot of my time. And, um, everything came down to kind of two different parts. One part is like the perspective of success. And the other part is the, how you actually get there. Um, and when I work with badasses, like all the people that I work with are my peers, which are badasses in entertainment. Um, people that are really already high achieving people and they don't want to hear the advice that you, that we all need to, have fun doing our work, not buckle down and be hard on ourselves and punish ourselves through the work, but to um, enjoy it, feel loose and make our work a game. <clears throat> wow. So, so the mindset part of that, the perspective part of that is I am successful right now and I'm going to add on to it. Like when you play a game, you don't feel like you're going to lose everything. You feel like oh, this is fun and I can do this thing. I can score more points. I can level up, right? So that's the, the highest achievers that I've worked with have a playful mentality of like, I'm successful right now. Holy cow, I have, I have an apartment at all. I have enough food to eat. This is great. I can't believe I have enough food to eat and I'm an artist. 
they start with that perspective and then they build on that and um and then how to get that done is to keep in that game mentality of like i have a challenge ahead of me i want a challenge ahead of me i have certain rules to play by like i have i'm going for this goal i'm i'm um i have to play in this realm whatever this realm is like i have to make the audience laugh that's the game <clears throat> and then having a goal that they want to achieve which is usually a generous goal something where they want to help other people yeah that's a correct answer so uh you're welcome yes! back on the podcast anytime man uh, okay. You, you went you. two for five today, which is fantastic. I will be happy to have you on the <laughs> podcast. You all can learn more about Scott Neary by visiting scottneary.com. That's Scott with one T N E R Y.com. Do you have anything you want to tell us about coming up? I have an email address <laughs> at scottneary.com and you can send me an email and then tell me anything. Yeah. Tell them I'll about your underground fire. Tell, tell Scott what your fire burning is, or just tell him about your opinion on ghosts and whether or not yeah. they, they should do more than ring bells and open doors. Man, I'm so pumped about you and what you're doing. And um, I, won't, I, I hope that you are always jazzed to do it because you're killing it. Thanks, brother. Well, that is all for this week. Thanks to Mike for the topic and to Scott Neary for being my guest. Don't forget that by joining Patreon, you can see the full unedited video of that interview. Uh, here's a kid who's too young to be a coal miner thanks to labor laws put in place by those damn leftists. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. Don't forget to join up on Patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes. You can do that at patreon.com slash Kent. Also, if you learned something that you didn't already know from the show, please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You gotta do it. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new if the internet says it's true. The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make the show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Asher Falero and God Mode. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary, used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent.